Hi, I'm Joel Puelski. And I'm Ethan Puelski. And this is the, the Anita, Anita Puelski Podcast. Anita Puelski. A podcast. All right. Hello. Welcome to uh, January. This January. Is the January podcast. Uh, we just gave mom the podcast for Christmas. Mm-hmm. She's listened to the first episode. She said it was embarrassing. <laughs> she, so that's great. <laughs> that was her first reaction was, oh, how embarrassing is this? Yeah. She was just laughing the whole time. I mean, I, I get it. A whole podcast about you. Yeah. That's, that's a lot to, to deal with, especially if it sounds like it might be, uh, you know, involve other people, certainly in the interviews and stuff like that. So Yeah. That'd and she doesn't know who it involved either. So. Right. So, so that, by the way, yeah, is, uh, she doesn't know exactly who's going to be in which episode until the episode comes out. Yep. It's going to be a bit of a surprise. Surprise, surprise. What do you think of that, uh, intro that we did, too? The musical intro that we just heard? Oh, it's great. You, you like that? My, my yeah, terrible I wrote singing. it. She, Joel wrote it. I sang it. It's, um, it's an intro. It's an intro. It's about all you can say. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think the four people who will listen to this are going to love it. <laughs> it might change over time. Every time Shiloh hears it, she laughs and laughs and laughs. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> so what? So we have a month and we have a year range? Is that how this Yeah. Works? So we've broken up mom's lifetime into the years. So the first one was supposed to be 1973 and 2020, but we didn't really do 2020 because, you know, who really wants to talk about 2020? So January is going to be, um, the month that we're going to be talking about is January. January. Yeah. In January. I know, it's a little cliche, but, um, okay. And then 1974 to 1976. All right. So this, so this podcast is 74 to 76. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Gotcha. In January. All right, so first of all, we're going to talk a little bit about January, since it's coming out on January 1st. So there's a lot of words here that I don't know how to pronounce. So. And Happy New Year, everyone, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Happy New Year, 2021. Hopefully it's better. Woohoo! All right, so January in Latin is uh, Lanuarius. Lanuarius. Yep, it's named after Janus, <laughs> the god of beginnings and transitions in Roman mythology. Oh, yeah, so most of the months, I assume, are inherited from the Roman calendar. Yeah. So a lot of the origins of the words are from Rome. Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about that. Um, Traditionally, the original Roman calendar consisted of 10 months, totaling 304 days, winter being considered a monthless period. A monthless period? Mm -hmm. Which is, like, fair enough, you know? Sometimes you're getting into, like, March and stuff, and, like, ugh. What? just feels like it goes on and on. It's just the dead zone. Oh my word! I don't, understand, I don't understand that at all. It's the dead zone of the year. So it's just you're slugging along. So what? So what did the, what did the Romans consider a month? Is that like supposed to be the? Because to me, a month is we've divided the year into these months, and then well, to say you have a monthless period. That reminds me that I did want to say something because last time apparently we said that Elvis Presley's Junior shares a birthday with Mom, but that is debatable. Depends you can which Google websites it. you go uh, yeah. to. Yeah. So, I just wanted to say that all this information is from rando websites. It <laughs> might not be true. I don't know what I'm talking about, and I just want to put that out there. This is <laughs> this is all um, speculation, I guess. Okay. I don't know what, how sure. to say it. Uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, okay, so around 713 BC, the semi-mythical successor of Romulus, King Numa Pompilius... <laughs> It's supposed to have added the months of January and February so that the calendar covered a standard lunar year. 
Although March was originally the first month in the old Roman calendar, January became the first month of the calendar year, either under Numa or under the Decemvirs, about 450 BC. So, I assume a lot of this is them... I'm just trying to understand what they thought a month was. Maybe we'll have to come back later next week or I something. I think they had months. Month is. It was just... But it sounds like they're saying a month is like, I don't know, the time when we were under a certain star or something. You know what I mean? To say, I just to think say you have a monthless period is bizarre to me. I think it's just... Winter's rough, you know? <laughs> so we don't have a month? You know how many uh, people died in winter back in the day? Because uh, they didn't have a month. Yeah, sure. No, because they didn't have, like, good blankets and stuff, you know? They froze to death. Well, it depends, yeah. depends where you are in the world and especially how close Actually, to the equator you are. I read that blankets used to be a lot better because when they used to have to make them by hand and stuff. And I've heard that the sheet used to be the most expensive item in the home. Mm-hmm. The sheet. More expensive sense. than the bed. Well, silk and, and smooth material like that was super expensive. And it would take them and two years. It took the Vikings, like, or I don't know what they or... said, like, six months or something to make the boats, but two years to make the sails. Ah, uh, that makes sense. All right, so historical names for January include its original Roman designation, Lanuarius, the Saxon term Wolfmanus, hmm. meaning wolf month, and Charlemagne's designation Wintermanus, or winter slash cold month. In Slovene, it's traditionally called Prosinek. Prosinek? Prosinek, yep. Interesting. Like Prozac. Uh, do you know what the birthstone is? I don't. I don't know any of the it's birthstones. Garnet. Ah. What is that? Is that green? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I know some of the birthstones can be multiple colors. Garnet. But I think they have set colors. So that reminds me of, you ever watch Steven Universe? There's no. one of the main characters I think is Garnet. It's Garnet. They're I all based after like different stones. gemstones. Yeah. Garnet. Oh, I Garnet is red. Ooh. Okay. But like even even diamonds, for instance, that's a birth month, right? And you can have different colored diamonds, but but it's just when you say diamond, yeah, you think like of a certain diamond. thing. Yeah. Um, the birth flower is the cottage. Cottage pink Dianthus carophyllus, or Galanthus. <laughs> Did you know birth that? Flower? I didn't That's know there the was a birth flower. flower. The birth flower. The owner is the birth flower. In Finnish, the month of Tamiku means the heart of the winter, and because the name literally means oak moon, it can be inferred that the oak tree is the heart of the grand forest. Ooh. Ooh. Getting a little... Getting a little spooky. Wet. Oh, why? Because the forest? Yeah, and the full moon and the wolf, uh, yeah. the wolf moon the and the oak wolf, tree yeah, in the middle yeah. of the forest, and all the leaves are down because January. The January moon is known as the wolf moon, and will be on January twenty eighth this year. Which I don't know if that's this year or like this the, next whatever year. year. Probably twenty twenty is probably mm-hmm. what the year is. Um, although it said will be, but anyway, actually, this could have been written in like twenty seventeen too. Who knows? Um. This year, month-long observances, um, Alzheimer's Awareness Month. Oh. Canada's Dry January. United Kingdom has National Codependence Awareness Month. Huh. So, tell a friend about that one. You know, because codependence. Oh my. Um, 
I don't actually really know what codependence means. <laughs> is that an inappropriate joke? It means, I think it means that you... Like, you need someone else, right? You you value yourself in the eyes of others. So, so like, you are codependent on someone else's view of you for your own self-image. Oh. In the United States, it's National Mentoring Month. So, do you want to mentor me about something? We should um, be mentors to each other. Okay. I think you're doing this podcast great. Good job. Great. I think you're doing this podcast great. Oh, thank Aww, you. We're podcast mentors Aww. to each other. Um, National Mentoring Month. Oh, I said that already. National Healthy Weight Awareness Month. And Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Stalking Awareness Month. And then the last fact we have about January is that it is called Veganuary. Veganuary? Veganuary. But that's only celebrated in the United States. Is that like No Shave November? Somebody wanted to promote... A particular... Veganism. Veganism. I think so. Interesting. So... Who decides these things? That's not like a national... It says United thing, States, so... But surely that just means it's observed in the United States. I, I think, think that there's not going to be any animal products available at any store <laughs> for the whole month, because it's veganuary. I'm sure someone wants that to be true. All right, so shall we move on to the years? Yes, let's do that. Let's, okay, so let's start out with 1974. So we have... So I asked mom about a month ago her favorite singers, and Ooh. so we just we put all of their albums in oh. to the history. And so the first one, so we're nineteen seventy four. Holland Oates came out with their album War Babies. Ooh. You know, so I guess that's mom's vibe is War Babies. Um, the Doobie Brothers came out with their album. What were once vices are now habits. Once vices now habits. I think it's funny that mom likes the Doobie Brothers because yeah. their name <laughs> is really like fit. about weed, but she likes her song, Jesus is Just So Right With Me. Yeah. And so she's kind of like putting a religious spin on it. But like, that sounds like uh, drugs. Yeah. Um, And then the Eagles album, On the Border, which like, great restaurant. What, On the Border? Is that a restaurant? Isn't that a restaurant? I think it's a Mexican restaurant. Oh, well, that makes sense, On the Border. Um, in Oklahoma. All right. So let's talk about 1974. So I don't really know. Okay. Some of these, again, Wikipedia, <laughs> all that jazz. Okay. So January 11th, David, Elizabeth, Emma, Grant, Jason, and Nicolette Rosenkowitz were born in Cape Town. Do you know who they are? I have no idea. They're the first recorded sextuplets in the world where all six babies survived. Wow. And I think, huh. um... You know, I feel like I wrote that on another month. Or maybe, no, maybe that was... Uh, maybe so just we'll, remember we'll writing it on it. this month. There were some sextuplets that had their own amusement park. Yeah. Was it sextuplets or... I thought it was octuplets. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. For some reason, I feel like it was just four. Like, I feel like it happened in the 20s or something. But why would we... Mom wasn't alive in the huh. 20s. I don't know. Okay. In January 15th, Happy Days debuts on ABC. And on March 8th, Charles de Gaulle Airport, which is my home airport currently, in Paris, France, opened the same day that the last episode of The Brady Bunch aired. Oh, I'm sure that was just a coincidence, right? They were like, okay, as soon as The Brady you Bunch airs, we gotta open up an airport. The Brady Bunch, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and then when it was done, they wanted to open up an airport in memory. Yeah, they didn't feel like, Paris didn't feel Brady like Bunch. it could have an airport while The Brady Bunch was still going. Sure, yeah. No one would be because traveling. The They'd be at home so watching the Brady Bunch. French. You ever watch that? 
No. You watched The Brady Bunch, right? Yeah. And did did you ever watch a full episode in French? No. In French? They say a lot yeah, of anti-French there, no, there's things no, in French. There's no full episodes in French because they're anti-French. Do you know what... This a weird tangent, but you were talking... Tangent? Tangent. Um, there is certain shows that are translated into different languages, right? Yeah. And there are certain... There's one famous um, anime show that was translated into English... And they changed the dialogue so drastically it was a totally different show. Oh. And so people liked, I'm, I'm not going to remember the name of it, of course, and it, I don't recommend it. It's not that, it's very, uh. You don't recommend the English version? Controversial. The English version is very controversial. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, like the office type humor where they say things that are kind of, um, not politically correct, but people like that sort of thing in comedy. But, but, so that was what they translated all the English to, and it's totally different. It was like, it was, um, kind of like the Twilight Zone, where it was a series of horror shows. Oh. And, and so obviously, like, the monsters and stuff that are in the images are still the same monsters, but then they have things like, I don't know, anti, uh, uh, establishment type jokes. Anti-establishmentarianism? You know, I sure. said that the other day. Everyone knows that word, but does anyone know what it means? Yeah, it, it means uh, removing the church from something. Shouldn't wouldn't that just be establishmentarianism though? No, it's, it's the disestablishment. And you're not. But you're it's not anti So wouldn't that be just two po- negatives make positive? Anti disestablishmentarianism. No, just be anti is an opposite, but dis is not in the original uh, whatever language. Because I'm I had this in English class, and they took apart why one is anti and why one is dis. But I couldn't tell you now. Anyway. Do you know... Don't be looking at my notes. Okay, excuse me. These are private. Do you know who aired their final... Their finale? Who aired their finale? their show. Of their last show after 23 consecutive years on television. Okay, say that again. Who aired their last show after 23 consecutive... Mm -hmm. In what year did they end it? This year that we're talking about. 1974. After 23 consecutive years on television... Such and such a person airs the finale of Johnny Carson. Wait, maybe it's it's a woman. Maybe it's the finale of this one show because I feel like she had another show before that was more popular that we really liked as a family. Oh, uh, Lucy. So yeah. maybe here's Lucy. Yeah, you think here's Lucy was on television for twenty three years? No, but I bet it's the here's Lucy finale, and Lucy has been on television for however long. Yeah, that makes sense. But in 73? So, I guess I would put her at 50, huh? Yep. You ever watched Here's Lucy? Oh, yeah. We had that when we were kids, right? Here's Lucy? Or is that the one where she's the grandma? No, she's the mom of two kids. That's the one where they get stuck. Ethel's still in it, right? And they get stuck in the shower. Nope, nope, nope. I that episode. Nope. What's that one called? That is called um, The Lucy Show. Here's Lucy came after The Lucy Show. Um, she is a parent. I don't think Ethel is in it. If no, she is, but only in some episodes. Um, and and she's a California mom. Her kids love surfing and playing music. I feel like so. It's the same show, pretty much. As as the Lucy show. What's the one where she has that boss and she's the secretary? <laughs> Almost every single one after I Love Lucy. You um, should watch some of those. Those are more my vibe. Yeah, you're thinking. I of, love you're Lucy thinking stresses of, me out because I just bless her heart. You know what I mean? Like she just fails and like everything goes wrong for her. The ones and that we were kids to be happy. You know what I mean? And yeah. she just can't be happy. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, I remember our family really loved that show, and I would just sit there and cry. What I love Lucy or, I love or Lucy. the Lucy show? Okay. Because it was just like 
She didn't get anything. I'm mm-hmm. crying right now. No, no. Okay. The Lucy... Hold on. I want to clarify. The Lucy show is the one you're thinking of that we watch as kids with Moody, and she works in a bank. Moody. Yeah. And I loved that one where they get stuck in the Rice Krispie Treat. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be sinking sand, yeah. but it looks like Rice Krispies cereal. Yeah. It probably was. Yeah, it probably was. Okay. In April 5th of 74, Stephen King published his first novel. Oh, wow. Which is my favorite musical. Do you know what novel it is? A Carrier. Yeah. It is. yeah. Um, okay, so you can tell kind of that I wrote it, that I picked out, like, <laughs> picked my out favorite which things from the year. Interesting. So, Swedish pop group ABBA's song, Waterloo, wins the 1974 Eurovision Song Contest in Brighton, England. Do you know that song? I don't. I, I know very little. Oh. Yeah, well, everyone knows that melody, I certainly know that. Yeah. Um, on August 8th, U.S. President Richard Nixon announces his resignation. Oh, well, yeah. Effective on news. That goes back to that book that you were saying that yeah, about everything the, that that's changed Yeah, that's after history. the month that mom was born. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but this was a year later, but it was finally, like, happening. But that's when it came out. Yeah. I mean, that's when it, the repercussions of what happened came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we're on to 1975. Hall & has their album Daryl Hall & John Oates. The Doobie Brothers have their album, Stampede. And the Eagles have their album, One of These Nights. Are those the same three that we just had? It is. The Eagles had their album, One of These Nights. Oh, and then... You mean the same groups, but different albums. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, And then the Carpenters, though, had their album, Horizon. Mm. Um, Okay. The United States television show... The United States television debuts... Game show Wheel of Fortune pre- premieres on NBC January 6th, 1975. First time they pl- they did Wheel of Fortune. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. In 1975. Which, is it still, are they still doing fresh episodes now? They're still doing new episodes of Wheel of Fortune. I, it's not the same hosts, but. There's one show that's been going on since the 70s, and they have, like, thousands of episodes. It's in the trivia, though, so. Oh, okay. You don't want Forget to know what show it, it is. <laughs> um, okay. On February 11th, Margaret Thatcher defeats Edward Heath for the leadership of opposition. Wait, what? Anyway, yeah. UK yeah. Conservative Party. Thatcher, 49, is Britain's first female leader of any political party. I added that because moms are watching The Crown and the new season has that in it. On March 4th, Charlie Chaplin is knighted by Elizabeth II. Is he still alive then? He was alive then. He's not alive now. <laughs> when was he popular? Oh, much earlier than this. Yeah. I guess it was just later on. Uh, Canadian Parliamentary Committee is televised for the first time. And on March 8th, the United Nations proclaims International Women's Day. Oh, well. April 4th, Bill Gates and Paul Allen found Microsoft in Albuquerque, New mm. Mexico. What year is that? 75. 75. Ooh. I should, anyway, maybe no one would be interested in this, but I might interject a little computer trivia of different times myself. I, well, there are some computer trivias in the trivia questions, and I feel like Shiloh and Dad are going to be like, Oh, Ugh. good. But, I, you know, everyone's I love, got some things, I love computer know? history. That is so fascinating to me. So, I might, I might. You love, okay, what was the date that Bill Gates and Paul Allen found Microsoft? I don't, I don't know the date. Book? I just said it. Uh, yeah, well, I'll have to rewind the podcast and listen to it myself. <sighs> I don't know anything. Sounds like you would fail computer history class. If we're being honest. I did not fail computer history class. Did you have to take that? That's an actual yeah. class? Well, they kind of interject computer history into a lot of different classes, but I didn't fail that section of the class in any class. Mm-hmm. 
So you didn't fail that class, but it wasn't a class. That's that right. Existed. That's right. Well, that's great. I should take two semesters of dance history. Oh, I had the worst teacher. Anyway, that's another story. All right. On June 20th, Jaws is released in theaters and becomes a popular summer hit, setting the standard for Hollywood, Hollywood blockbusters for years to come. Because before that, um, they didn't have, like, summer releases. Summer was thought of as a dead time. Mm, yeah. Man, the movie industry has really changed a lot. Because, I mean, that was... Now, you see very few releases, but much higher budgets. Like, the Avengers series. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, DC's got their Wonder Woman and, and yeah, Justice League out. franchises. They spend millions of dollars on that. But then they release less movies than they used to. Yeah. But now everything's changing, too, because especially because of Corona, everything's oh, yeah. online now. Wonder yeah. Woman came out online. Soul just came out online. Like, Disney, well, onward. And you would think online, that would make them release, because I'm sure the reason they have such high budgets, because they're like, this is the movie you're going to go see in the theaters, yeah. and we're going to make money from that. Right. And so now you'd think maybe those top-level budgets are going to go down. Yeah, because they also made movies for Disney+, Plus, like... Lady and the Tramp was made, but that was kind of right off the bat, so they probably put a lot of money into that. Oh, yeah, that the live-action like Lady and the Tramp. The first thing you could see on Disney+. Plus. Right. Now, they put a lot of money into those because I think they're trying to get people onto the platform. Right. But, like, Mandalorian and stuff, like, that's movie theater watch-worthy, right? Yeah, but, I mean, I think mean, about show, think but... about how low-budget the original Star Wars series are, and I'm assuming similar budgets to, were like, the Mandalorian. Budget? They were low, but much, much lower than the Avengers, right? Well, yeah. But money went farther back then, too. Yeah, but even if you convert into today's dollars, it's a fraction of what they spent on the Avengers. Okay, so what British comedy sitcom do you think aired on BBC Two for the first time on September 9th, 1975? 75? Like, Could it be Keeping Appearances? No. Could it, uh, so it'd be earlier than that. Family Likes. The other one? That I talked about, I actually talked to people about it at Disney, and I felt so cool, because it's all these British people, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm watching this show, and I was like, oh. I grew up with that show. Doctor Who, is that what it no. is? Oh, okay. That, that, that I think, predated this. There, I feel like there's one more that our family likes. Oh, my word. Not Faulty Towers. Yeah. Oh, well. Faulty Towers. All right. November 8th, Robin Hood. That's all it says. <laughs> I Probably the Disney movie? Oh, the Disney... Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, Mom, put the, I put the Disney movies in here. Mom liked that movie. I remember her yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. it. She says it's her favorite Disney movie. And yeah. I tried to watch it the other day, and I couldn't. Oh! You gotta watch it with me and Shiloh. We enjoy it. You make it better? Yeah. We sing the songs. We get oh, into boy. it. I don't know. I don't Wait, know that. Man. Did you know that they they um, meet and greet at Disney? My one friend who works with me at Disney now said that when she was a kid, she went to Disneyland Paris. She's British. And she met them. And, like, she was so creeped out. Because they are the really Robin Hood creepy. people? The Robin Hood people meet and greet at Disney. <laughs> and they are not cute. All right. October 31st, the Queen's single, Bohemian Rhapsody, is released. And later becomes one of their most popular songs. Oh, wow. All right. So that is it for 1975. We have one more year here. I remember it's the same three came up with another album. Um, Every year they come out with an album. I know, I guess they were popular in the 70s. Alright, Hall and Oates. Okay, 1976. Hall of Oates album, Bigger Than Both of Us. The Doobie Brothers album, Take It to the Streets. I got my ears to the streets. Remember that? Did I tell you that? I had this one friend on the cruise ship. He always be like, I got my ears to the streets. Of the cruise ship? I got my ears to the streets. Like, and it means like, he's like, paying attention to what's going on. He knows what's in, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what the expression means. But, I mean, my point being, there's no streets on a cruise ship. Yeah, there are. Well, do we they call actually them streets? had an I-95. Yeah, I know, but that's... that's you not know a, that. 
Yes, I do. Have I told you that before? Yes, many times, for one oh, thing. Oops. For another thing, most uh, most cruise ships have <laughs> something they refer to as a highway. We had little, like, uh, automobiles. But what's it actually... <laughs> had little, little automobiles. Little automobiles you drive around. I mean, not... Like, I'm, like a golf carts or like something. A sure, okay. Great. Now, I had a wheelchair. I'm assuming count? it was electric, right? You can have electric. When I broke my toe, I had a wheelchair. Zoom, zoom. Was it electric or was it <laughs> no. just get pushed? Well, then, no, it's not an automobile. Um, but what do they call them? They're not, they're... Um, I-95. Uh, it goes down promenades. the side of the ship. They're promenades. They're not streets. What makes it a promenade? It's on a, it's on a ship. Isn't that? I don't know. I that's that's I what I've always that. thought. They were but called. you know what? I wouldn't know a lot of things because we were like the dancers. You know what I mean? And so we didn't have to like know everything. We were kind of. <laughs> they kind of just let us go by, you know. Okay, well, a paved public walk typically along a waterfront or resort. So okay, but we weren't anywhere near the water. I know, but they typically we will call the, water, I guess, <laughs> the the reason I know promenade is because they typically will call the top deck where you can see the water where that you walk the promenade. the promenade. But the I ninety five is the bottom. Yeah, bottom I know. Of yeah, the yeah, ship. yeah. Like level zero. Yeah, and like oh, and it would rock sometimes. Sometimes, so we had to take these like lessons, you know, about like fire safety or whatnot, mm-hmm. and they'd be hours long with someone who didn't speak the best English, and and the ship would be rocking, and they'd just be sitting there going on, droning on and on, and you would get so seasick. And it was my first time ever on a big cruise ship like that. Anyway, all right, and then the Eagles album Hotel California. Do you know that song? Yeah, Hotel California. Like that song, and then the Carpenters, a kind of hush. Is that the right name? What does that mean? The Carpenters, a kind, a of, kind hush. of hush. That was the name of the album. A kind of hush. I'm gonna Google a kind of hush. Uh, yep, that's definitely an album what by does that the mean? Carpenters. Uh, uh, that's a good question. Let's see. Uh, it was a, it was named after a song. There's a kind of hush. Oh. That doesn't um, really. Which let's see so. if we can find meaning. The singles' lack of comparative success indicated a drop in the Carpenters' popularity. Oh no! Well, yeah, because no one knew what they were talking about. Is a kind of hush in in parentheses all, all over the, the world. world? It's because they're not popular anymore. They're like <laughs> no one cares about us anymore. Let's write about it. I don't think that That's was the not. point. Well, mom still cares about them, even though she couldn't listen to them then. Because she would have been so conservative. Um, okay, and then in February 24th, Cuba's Constitution of 1976 is enacted. March 26th, the Toronto Blue Jays are created. Well. April 1st, Apple Computer Company is formed by who? Oh, well, there's three people that formed it. One was okay, a silent partner. Okay, okay, one was a silent partner. Him. Uh, well, uh, 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 oh my word. You Steve, failed, failed no, 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 Steve Wozniak. Yeah, okay. And why can't the I think of one. Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs, there we go. The famous one that everyone knows. Um, I think our history is going to get a lot better around, like, March. I found a better website for it. Oh, good. Well, actually, it's the same website. Oh, But it's okay. better. I found a different part of the page. Oh, that has, has more, more useful trivia. Yeah, this is just, this is kind of boring. Actually, this was Wikipedia, but then later I found a, another website, but then I found more interesting parts of that website. Okay. April 13th, the United States Treasury Department reintroduces the $2 bill as a Federal Reserve note on Thomas Jefferson's 233rd birthday as part of the United States Bicentennial Celebration. Awesome. So it's a Bicentennial Celebration. That was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you think we'll be alive for the tricentennial? Would that be 3,000? No, no, what am I saying? 3,000? Mm, nope. <laughs> 21. No, 20. 76. 20, 76, yeah. Uh, I'll I don't know, 80. probably. Yeah. We'll be around 80. Yeah. I don't know. 3,000. I don't know if I'll make it that long. Well. That seems a long way. Although, they say that our generation is going to live to be like 130. Yeah, that's what they say. But I don't know if I want to do that. that Who knows like what they said word. about people? Yeah. I'm not even 30 yet. They didn't know we were going to get the coronavirus. 100 more years? Shoot. Yeah, who knows what that's going to be like. Yeah. 20 years from now, people who had coronavirus could spout octopus legs. Yeah, and they were like, oh, shoot. We That'd didn't know that was going to happen. Can you go swimming? Would you get gills? Shoot. Sign me up. Okay. Why would you have gills if you have octopus legs? Octopus? Uh, they live in the water. They don't breathe through their legs, though. But they live in the water, okay? Um... You catch me as Ursula in at the tricentennial. Okay, I assume Ursula had gills somewhere else on her body. Fun I'm, fact. I don't know. Okay, did you did you know that the Cod War ended June first? I didn't know the Cod War had started. Already. We'll talk about that in the trivia, but we did record the trivia before this, and no one got it right anyway. I don't think in the trivia. Well, the Cod War is not an American war, is it? No, so you only have to know about American wars. It's all we were taught in American history. Class, I don't think tell you it that. was a war. That's called the Cod War. Maybe it was a war. I don't think it was like a serious. Oh, here we go. Okay, I thought this was the Cold War when I first read it. I was I wrote this a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and was very confused as it was neither the right time or the right countries. Then when I reread it, I saw it was the Cod Wars. The Cod Wars, Icelandic, uh, Porcestrian. And then it says in quotes the Cod Wars. Or Langestrand, the wars for the territorial waters, was a series of 20th century confrontations between the United Kingdom and Iceland about fishing rights in the North Atlantic. Each of the disputes ended with an Icelandic victory. But you never heard of the Cod Wars before you researched this, right? <sighs> no, no. But I'm no. homeschooled. So what does that mean? So, maybe if I was normal schooled, I would have heard about them. Maybe if you graduated high school, you would have heard about them. Um, <laughs> I took a lot of credits. I almost got a history minor in college, because they made us take six six history classes. So, that was 18 credits of history. I bet the... C- All I needed was one more class, and I could have gotten a history minor. But why would I want a history minor? Yeah, what like that's like that's any better than than a ta- teaching dancing degree. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, the nineteen seventy six Summer Olympics began in Montreal, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Okay, and what show do you think started on September thirteenth, nineteen seventy six? Or no, sorry, it was broadcast for the first time on ITV. It says ITV. It's like your favorite show. My favorite show, Star Trek. No. Um, it's a science fiction somehow, it must be. No. Oh my. But it's my favorite show? It's one of your favorite shows. Apparently not your favorite show. <laughs> um. It was on ITV, it doesn't really help me any. I don't know fact, what that is. The Carpenters sang one of the main songs on it. This is a movie? <laughs> a song or... that you used to say you wanted to play at your wedding. Uh. In college oh, the you Muppets? got really excited. Yeah! The Muppets, yes, it is one of my favorites. Um. Okay, and then on September 28th, the American singer Stevie Wonder released his hit album, Songs, in the Key of Life. The Key you know of that Life? Key. 
life. You know when you're playing on the piano and you're in the key of C and then you change to the key, key of life? Key of life, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then you have babies popping out of the keyboard. Oh. Oh, okay, okay. It took me a minute to understand where you were going with that, but I get it now. <laughs> giving life. All right. All right. And then the last fact I have is November 2nd, U.S. presidential election 1976, Jimmy Carter defeats incumbent Gerald Ford, becoming the first candidate from the Deep South to win since the Civil War. Huh. That's an interesting point. All right. Um, so that is all we have for the years. And then here are some fun facts about... Ontario. Oh, Ontario. Yeah. So we do, so we're doing this is places she lived, right? This is places she lived. So we do the, we're doing like the basic, like we have Ontario, Michigan, Ohio, and then the specific, you know, Elkhart. So you mean we have Ontario Elkhart and we have Island, Michigan and we have Cassopolis or whatever. We have broader yeah. sections and but, then And we even sections. have Paris, even though she's never even been there, but it, it's hard because she hasn't lived for Half places. of her DNA has gone to Paris. Yeah, sure. all right so fun facts about ontario in 19 oh nope in 1791 present day present day ontario was officially named upper canada while predominantly french-speaking quebec was lower canada the small settlement of york became upper canada's capital in 1796 and eventually changed its name to toronto between 1785 and 1806 Upper Canada's population soared from 6,000 to 46,000. <laughs> Ontario covers 1 million square miles, which makes it larger than Spain and France combined. Ontario, that's interesting. Ontario is the second largest province in Canada, coming in behind Quebec. Really? You know, I guess because it goes so far north. <laughs> you know, aside it from. Really far north. Aside from the part where you just said something, and then questioned yourself, you sound like a tour guide talking. I wonder... And if you look over here on the right, <laughs> we'll have 250,000 lakes. Wow. Um, 20% of the world's freshwater stores. And if you look over here on the left, we have the official flower of Ontario, which is the trillium. Tr- trillium. The beautiful white three-petaled flower can be found growing wild in spring. Jewelry lovers will recognize the official stone of Ontario, the amethyst, as the stunning semi-precious purple stone found in rings, necklaces, and earrings, but not bracelets. There is, it, there's no bracelets with an amethyst in it. There's no brand. <laughs> Only rings, necklaces, and earrings. Fun fact. So if you if you see a bracelet that's got amethyst in it, it's not. It's, it's it fake. doesn't exist. It's yeah. It's a lie. It's all in your it's head. It's being projected. Hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> Things you learn from Wikipedia. Niagara Falls remains one of the biggest draws to the province, as well as one of the most popular tourist attractions in North America. <laughs> I almost read that as North Korea. <laughs> you know, know, you know, you also almost read it as is you almost said tourist distractions, which I thought was quite funny. Well, you know what? I'm still mad at Niagara Falls. Cause remember what happened when we went to Niagara Falls, girl? Broke girl, my foot. Broke excuse my me. Foot. Not really. That's not true. I. Oh my word. Wore Crocs for the first time. You remember this? I wore Crocs for the first time. I remember you complaining about walking. That's what I remember. It hurt so bad, and then turned out I was missing a bone in my foot. You were missing a bone in your foot? Yeah. I don't remember you saying. Only missing a bone in my foot. I don't think it's a bone. I think you're misremembering that. I think you had some problem with your cartilage. (laughs) No, I was missing a bone. You were, you're missing, you're still missing the bone in your foot. Where, yeah, but somehow it grows back. No, I don't think you have bones grow back. I don't think that's what it was. I think you 
told people no, it, it was a missing back. a bone. It grew back. Or something. It grew back. Yeah. Really? I don't know. I was like, yeah, clearly. <laughs> you were missing a bone. <laughs> Dad's not gonna help you here, son. Dad. Oh my word, he's going to get dad. Am I missing a bone in my foot? He doesn't remember I think you had some problem with the cartilage in your foot. And you didn't know what cartilage was. And you told people you were missing a bone. Yeah, that's but I've met did. other people who were missing a bone, too. Yeah, but they don't grow back! Well, maybe it fixed itself then, somehow. Maybe your maybe. foot learns to deal with it. They said it would go away by the time I was 16, and it did. So. I want to see x-rays of your foot. There, I, I, there it is. I There's my foot. It. It's maybe this is a, maybe this is a real thing, but it sounds ridiculous when you say it. Well, I don't know. I don't know how we're supposed to find those records from thirteen years ago. Well, mom probably remembers. Well, that's mom. But dad's the one who took me. So mom wasn't even there. Yeah, so but I, I think, think mom remember if you were missing a bone. Well, dad didn't. So yeah, but that. But the fact of the matter is, if I thought I was missing a bone, then I came home and told everyone I was. Told everyone you were missing. Yes, that's absolutely true. So, and I don't think you were missing a bone. I think I remember knowing it was not you missing a bone, but you told everyone. It was me missing a bone, though. Mm. I really do. Mm. Anyway, province. Okay, can you name all the provinces of Canada? (laughs) Ontario uh, is Quebec a province. Um, What's that? What's that one? Quebec is not. Quebec's not a province. Um, these don't even sound right. What are these? Historical provinces? Oh! <laughs> you can't just scream into the people of the podcast. I made it disappear. Okay, hold on. Well, I don't know the provinces of Canada. Okay, tell me the provinces of Canada. Maybe you got them wrong. Okay, Alberta. Yes, that's a province. British Columbia. That's a province. Manitoba. That's a province. New Brunswick. I think you got the right list. Newfoundland. Nova Scotia. Okay, but how about this one? Labrador. Labrador? Oh, interesting. <laughs> We're going to Google that. Labrador. That's one I've never heard of. Labrador. You sure you didn't get dogs confused in there? French <laughs> <laughs> pictures of dogs. Maybe, like, Canadians love dogs so much that they made it an official. Newfoundland and Labrador is one ca- province. Oh, yeah, it says that here. I mean, it says Newfoundland <laughs> and Labrador, and then... I heard of, I've heard of Newfoundland, but apparently that and we need, Labrador we need gets to watch, excluded occasionally. We need to watch that um, musical. It's called Come From Way. It's about people who landed in Newfoundland during 9-11. It's so good. Anyway. Okay, here's some fun facts. In Ontario, Canada, there's a law stating saying sorry is not an admission of guilt. Yeah, I, I know of that law. That's That's... Really interesting they just say it trivia. So much, yeah. I guess, and and in America, I'm sorry can be conveyed still as an admission of guilt in certain circumstances. But because Canada has specific law saying that phrase in our, you know, here so, is not in and of itself. So don't ever apologize to anyone. That's what we take in America. In America. America, we don't apologize for stuff. Yeah, we just say because you could be guilty. Too bad without without Too even bad. being bad. So sad. See you in court. That's, so that's one that's one option you could say. You I could finished. also try to convey some human sympathy. I the end of the bacon. Too bad to see you in court. That's my okay. new catchphrase. I've actually been trying to find a catchphrase. Alright, that's that's gonna be a fun catchphrase. We'll see how many friends you have famous by the time people. that gets popular. You know, I well, I wanna kinda of be famous, you know, and like famous people have all these catchphrases. So I think they just too call bad, it rude. So that's not so much a catchphrase as it is just being rude. I've been watching a lot of TikToks. Can you tell because I'm doing all these weird dances? He's doing these weird dances. I wish you all could see. But I always, let's be honest, that's what, that's just me. Okay. 
The bottom of Lake Ontario is so cold that skyscrapers use it as a coolant for their AC systems. They use what as a coolant? Water from the bottom of Lake Ontario. Ah, that makes sense. There is a town in Ontario called Swastika. There have been several attempts to change the name, but the town fights back saying, to hell with Hitler. We had the swastika first. Oh, there you go. That makes sense. I I, uh, I understand that. I mm, Although, I understand it, and at the same time, if, if I was like, on my on my way... Like I was like a black person coming through there, or like a Jewish person. But it's not... The thing is, symbols I know, are you, not... You can't... Yeah, but yeah, someone... You, just, you have to think about someone driving through the town, how they're going to the feel. I was just about to say, at the same time, driving through the town of Because they're not going to know the history. They're just going to feel... They're going to be afraid for their lives. You know what I mean? Maybe. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully they... Hopefully they have. I would trust be afraid in, in, as a very flamboyant man to go into a town called Swastika if I knew nothing about it. Well, hopefully you have enough trust in the Canadian government system that they wouldn't allow Nazis like to just have their all own the time. town. Stuff like what? They have a town named where Nazis. To, we have. I mean, the KKK and the Nazi Party are anyway are alive and strong in the United States. I actually went to headquarters of the KKK, and I was nervous because we were at a gas station like right next door. They have a town so called I KKK. Butched it up. Let me tell you. Okay. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, man, you know, I'm like, I'm here for, like, the hunting and, like, the deer. <laughs> Under Ontario traffic laws, it is illegal to operate a horse-drawn sleigh on public roads with fewer than two sleigh bells attached to it. Penalty co- on conviction is a fine not exceeding $5. <laughs> not much of a fine, then. Okay, there's a fact here, but I think it's one of the questions on the trivia, so we're going to pass by that. The largest nuclear power plant in the world is in Ontario. Do you know that? And their security force won the U.S. National SWAT Championships four times. <laughs> <laughs> so I presumably they let other com- other countries compete in the U.S. SWAT Championships? Yeah, and you know what? I was listening to this podcast last night, and what they do is they take a Law & Order episode, and then they talk about the real things that happen sure. behind it. And they were talking about it, and it was this thing that happened in Canada. It was the Ken and Barbie killers, and mm-hmm. they needed help, and they called in the FBI mm-hmm. in Canada. Yeah, well, the FBI has crime labs and, and consults other countries, I'm sure. Yeah, but I just didn't know that. It was back, you know, in like the 80s or something, too. Okay, did you know that if you don't pay a hotel bill in Ontario, there was a law that says the hotel can sell your horse? <laughs> I have you ever read there's some especially on older hotels there's a thing on and especially in Pennsylvania for whatever reason uh, there's a thing on the door to your hotel room that says this this has to be posted and it tells you the rates of the of the hotel room and a bunch of other laws relating to your rights as somebody staying in in the hotel that's interesting that reminds me of that thing in florida where this sign has to be posted on every Uh, yeah yeah so we we were traveling down to florida and on all the vending machines it has it has a sticker that says this sticker is required by law and And if if this sticker is missing call this number and you can make money off of it and yeah and and apparently if you call the number you can get like ten dollars or something for reporting a vending machine that doesn't have a sticker but my problem with that is if the sticker's not on there, how do you have the number to call? Yeah. Well, that's why you got to take a picture of it. Yeah, well, that's what we did. We, we <laughs> took a picture while we were and going we through Canada. one, but we never called it. We never end. did. But um, we, the whole time, we were hunting down vending machines. Every vending machine we went to, we checked to see if it had this sticker on it. We found do one and didn't call it in. Do you think the ones that Disney have it? Do they have vending machines? Maybe they don't have vending machines at Disney. I don't know. Okay, the city of Kitchener, Ontario. Now, do you think Mom lived in Kitchener, Ontario? Because it's yeah. a very similar name, but... 
It's not on our list of places she's lived. So, well, maybe maybe they. I I know that she's mentioned the town name before, but that doesn't necessarily mean she lived there. Yeah, it's just weird to me that it's not on our list. Okay, Kitchener, Ontario, with only around two hundred thousand people, <laughs> is home to the largest Oktoberfest celebration outside of Germany. Oh my word! I didn't know that. That's interesting. All right, in Ontario, Canada, the same the disabled. Sorry, did you say Kitchen or Kitchener? Kitchener. Kitchener. Okay. Kitchener. Yeah, Kitchener is the one I'm thinking of. Kitchener? I think so. That's how it was pronounced. I don't know about that. Anyway, in Ontario, Canada, the disabled do not need fishing licenses. Possession of any number of disabled service documents, is equi- including a parking permit, is equivalent to a fishing license. Which, Grandma has one of those, so... But they probably have fishing licenses, too. I remember... No, I remember... What's weird, too, is you remember Port Rowan, where they used to live. Yeah. Is they had the license... Bureau, or at least someone licensed to be able to give you licenses in the hardware store. So there was like, you'd oh, go to the hardware store and you could get one. your fishing license there. For 15 years, London, Ontario contained the largest concentration of serial killers in the world. My word. How terrifying is that? We've been and it wasn't even times. called Schwastika. There's another, I don't know if I want to ruin it, but there's another one. A couple months from now, there's going to be a place where we're talking about some town, and I couldn't find anything about this town. So I went onto the Facebook page, <laughs> and then people had reviewed their town. And one girl, all she said was, well, it's better than London any day. <laughs> well, yeah, because serial killers. Okay, so um, Sudbury, Ontario, is located within the second largest known crater on Earth, formed by an impact larger than the asteroid that made the dinosaurs go extinct. Well, wonder who determined that. Citizens of Ontario, Canada pay the highest rates for electricity in all of North America. Oh, my word. But didn't you say that that's where they have the highest nuclear power plant? Yeah, the biggest. That's usually much cheaper. Okay, here we go. Okay, here's the quintuplets thing. So the first quintuplets known to survive their infancy were taken from their parents, constantly tested, studied, and examined by the Canadian government, and had Ontario's largest tourist attraction... Quintland in the 30s. Oh, it was a quintuplets then. Yeah. Huh. 1930s. All right, and here's our last fact for the day. Polar Bear Provincial Park is the largest park in Ontario. It has no visitor facilities, is reachable <laughs> only by air, and special permission is required before visiting it. Several right, hundred right. polar bears migrate through the area. Wow. So that is that. That is 1974 to 1976 and Ontario. All right. Uh, so next we're... Here's a word from our sponsor. Yeah. All right. Take it away, sponsors. Do you like fresh donuts at rock bottom prices? Come on down to Doug's Discount Donuts. But Doug, I hear you say, you must be crazy to offer fresh donuts at such low, low prices. Well, yes. Yes, I am. Just remember, all our donuts are guaranteed fresh. Excuse me. Are these day-olds? No. They're yesterday fresh. Remember, Doug's Donuts. They're always fresh. And now it's time for the part of the show where we ask, what would Anita be? Ariel, Toblerone, oatmeal, chocolate, cookies, mama bear, be a monkey, Joy's enjoyed our dog, so animal, animal. she'd be a real cute raccoon. And this week, what would Anita be if she was an animal? Fox, mama bear, puppy, be a monkey, Joy's enjoyed our dog, so Seiko. I would say a soft bunny rabbit. A party animal. Animal, she'd be a raccoon, real cute raccoon.
Hello, I'm Joel Pawlowski, one of the hosts of of the Anita Pawlowski podcast, and I am here with my grandma, Leon Beyer. Hello, Leon, grandma. Hello, Joel, special grandson. How are <laughs> you, you doing? Say, I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I think I'm okay. Although I'm not good at this kind of thing, so uh, you might think quite different when we're done. <laughs> uh, you'll be great. Can you just say your name really clearly for us? Well, my name is Mary Leon Fire. There we go. Mm-hmm. All right, I now these are the questions. Questions. You just heard me ask this to Grandpa, but you're going to hear it all again. These are the questions we're asking everyone. But uh, it's obviously going to be a little more personal for you. Um, so the first thing we ask is, can you give Anita an update on how you're doing? But since you talk often, just tell her like what time it is right now and and what you're where yeah what's going on right now in your life. Okay, well, I'm trying to uh, be healthy, but it isn't always working. <laughs> So I'm having some uh, not very comfortable or uh, easy to live with health issues right now, but I'm trying to stay positive through it. And uh, other than that, um, let's see, the Monday things, you know, around mundane is what I meant, um, around the house are the usual chores and that, but... uh, it's surprising that during COVID, how much Grandpa and I still get here and get there. <laughs> so that's my little update. And thank the Lord for the many blessings he gives in spite of um, life sometimes. Yeah, I think it's been a real blessing because we've gotten to do a lot of game nights and things like that. I think we've connected more than we would have in Paris if I had just sort of mood and everything had been normal. So I think that's been a real blessing. Uh-huh. Right, so start us off with, how do you know Anita? Well, she is a very special daughter that arrived in our life. We lost our first little girl. She was uh, born, uh, stillborn. And uh, the cord was double wrapped around her neck. So I was absolutely delighted when we had the opportunity to have another little girl. Only this one got to live with us instead of Angela went immediately to heaven. So we have our little angel in heaven and our Anita here on earth. And Stephen was in between the two. So we were very blessed. Do you remember what you were thinking when uh, mom was first born or in the days around then? Oh, it was exciting, you know, thinking of it. I I don't think we knew it was going to be a little girl because I don't remember those things, you know, you could uh, find out so easily as you can nowadays. But uh, she was a great big delight anyway when she... Uh, finally arrived, and uh, and this time um, was the only time that Grandpa got to be with me during mm-hmm. her delivery. 
So that was nice. That was very special to have grandpa there with me while she was being born. What was the change? Why was it different other times? I don't know. There was something special about having, you know, your companion there with you when this was um, an exciting moment. And it's not always an easy moment delivery either. But uh, it was just nice to know that he was there. But was there something that, that like kept him from being at Uncle Stevens? And stuff. It wasn't uh, allowed at that time. Oh, okay. Yeah, and but then they, you know, um, Stephen was born in Listowel Hospital, the hospital where our first child was uh, born, and uh, Anita was born in Hagersville Hospital. So, I think it was general though rule you know, in Ontario or whatever, that they started allowing husbands to be in with their wives during delivery. Okay. Interesting. So I don't know what what the rule is down there in the States, but that was about that time anyway that it happened here. Hmm. Um, Okay, so give us a little, a basic overview, you know, of life with mom. How did, where, what was it like for you when she was, a little baby and a toddler and things like that. What was she like as a baby? Give us that first. That's the. Well, I'll back up a little bit. Um, And that's when Stephen was uh, a baby. He was very colicky and he would, you know, he didn't sleep through a, a night until he was two years old. And that meant you know, was hard to look after sometimes. And, uh, you know, if you had to get up every night. And so um, anyway, but I could see a pattern for me. When Anita was quite young yet, I thought, oh, oh, she's also going to be a colicky baby. And somehow I was able to catch it in um, the way I was feeding her. I was starting to uh, give her pablum maybe too quickly. You know, she needed to be on milk longer Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And when I determined I was going to try that anyway and see if it would work, it did work. And she did not uh, become a colicky child like Stephen. So that was a great blessing to me. Because that was hard to have to get up every night, you know, and uh, with your child when they were crying and they were colicky and, you know, and, you know, she slept through the nights quicker than Stephen did. So that was nice and made uh, being a mother a little bit more pleasant from that end of it. (laughs) But (laughs) it's always a joy anyway. Do you remember her? Uh, being interested in anything as a little kid that you can kind of see now, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, was she always interested in meeting people kind of like she is now or, or something like that? She was all, uh, always enjoyed making friends mm. and new friends. And I think that was very, uh, a positive, um, uh, way to be. And uh, 
I've been amazed at her as an adult. Um, just even on Facebook, uh, some of her comments that she makes and so, so many to me, like almost profound comments about spiritual things or about people walking through life and, you know, and I felt like she has a real gift that way. And uh, that gift is a blessing to many others. And uh, I wish I had more of that. But it, it gives me great joy to see that in my daughter. Yeah, great. So take us on from there. So when she started school and stuff, what do you remember from that time? Started school. Oh, wow. That's a long time ago. <laughs> Just whatever you think of. Uh-oh. Pardon? Okay, sorry. Can you start over, Grandma? Well, I lost you there for a couple seconds. Start over with the school, when she started school and stuff, or whatever you're saying. Oh, okay. I started to say... There's one memorial time, uh, and that is when we had a real bad blizzard and the roads were closed for, you know, uh, quite a while. And uh, the kids were um, stranded at school because of the the buses couldn't go and the snowbanks were even over top of the cars, some of them. And it was really quite a, a winter blizzard. And so I believe... Someone went and got our children. I don't remember the exact details. Grandpa might remember that better. Uh, on a skidoo and picked up the children and brought them home. <laughs> and so that was a relief because it's not nice to to think about uh, your child being stranded at school. Yeah. And mommy and daddy aren't there. <laughs> <laughs> and you feel sorry for the teachers or those that, you know, have to deal with it. So, uh but that was just one of the negative things. I I think she enjoyed school very much. It seemed like she did anyway. If she didn't, she uh, covered it up pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of teenagers, when they're getting 13 and in there, they're rebellious. They go through a rebellious stage. Did mom go through any sort of a rebellious stage? I don't recall that. I don't remember her ever being that way. Do you remember going to general conferences and meeting my dad for the first time? No, I don't remember meeting your dad for the first time because I remember his parents before I was married. And uh, tell us about that. (laughs) uh, They were up to Ford Beach. I remember maybe he was there in special services or something. And I just remember. Uh, knowing your parents. Oh, yeah. And they had been part of the Canadian conference, Walsingham. And uh, we uh, used to live close to there ourselves in the recent past. And uh, anyway, so <clears throat> I forgot about that, that they did live in Canada a while. Till Dad just, Grandpa just mentioned it. But uh, yes. And so... Also, I graduated from high school in Ohio. And so, because my, my dad was a pastor. 
And so he pastored um, at Canoe Creek in Ohio. Oh, that was Pennsylvania. No, then we were back to Ontario. Then we went to Ohio. Yeah, when I was, uh, I spent grades, uh, the last two grades of high school in Ohio. So graduated. Where in Ohio? Uh, near uh, Hayesville was the name of the school. Yeah. It, near Ashland, Ohio. Okay. So, so what do you remember from mom and dad's engagement and then their wedding? Well, the story that uh, Grandpa said earlier about uh, your dad's Uncle Fred being at, in our home in Aunt Bertha, <laughs> that was a very interesting story. <laughs> when they were doing the wedding invitations. Oh, yes. I have a story. Um, okay. Uh, I don't... It must have been Anita and I drove down to Ohio. Your dad had purchased this house, you know, a few doors down from your grand, other grandparents and in Ohio there. And uh, so Paul was already living over there. And uh, they had two swings on the front porch. And so uh, it was time for Paul and Anita to pick out their wedding invitations. And so Anita and I went down to show with the big book with all the invitations in them. So she could show them to Paul, you know, and they could come to a decision then. Well, your grandma Ruth and I were um, sitting on the other swing. Paul and Anita were on the one on the other side. Well, then your grandpa Powelski came out and he stood in front of Ruth and I and said, uh, uh, is there room for me on that swing? Will it hold us? hold all of us? And I says, oh, yeah, sure it will. <laughs> and at that moment, plunk, your grandma <laughs> and I landed on the floor before oh, no. he even had a chance to sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that memory till grandpa just reminded me. That's a good one. <laughs> so that was cute, but that was before they were married and we had that special trip together as mother and daughter. Down to see her sweetheart. <laughs> Do you want to uh, kind of pick up from where Grandpa was talking about and tell us uh, about New Mexico and times you remember our family or, or just stories that you have from New Mexico? New Mexico. Well, I just really, really remember when your mom came out in that airplane yeah. by herself with this little baby. I thought that was, she was really being brave. <laughs> going on the airplane without her hubby and I don't re still don't remember how Paul got there then maybe he flew later I can't remember what the setting was but anyhow we really did enjoy having both families you know with us over that Christmas time that uh, Grandpa Byer mentioned about um, I want to go back just a little bit I should have shared it earlier there's one story I remember um, that uh, happened when Anita was, I don't know, maybe three or four. And we had been talking about, and probably singing it, about letting Jesus come into our heart, into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And those kind of things, you know, about 
Jesus coming into our hearts. And we've probably been talking to our children about that too. And I remember Anita was sitting on the rocking chair that I rocked um, both the children on when they were young. Uh, She was actually laying over it, the bottom of it, and kind of swinging a bit back and forth. And she says, Mommy, how does Jesus get into your heart? Does he get a scissors and does he cut you open? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if she remembers that or not, but that uh, that was, I never, you know, I thought, oh, you know, when you're trying to explain to a child that age and then to imagine her envisioning it that way. So yeah. that was, that really was a surprise. And, uh, <laughs> and it was also very cute. Yeah, <laughs> that can be a little scary for a little kid thinking about someone coming and doing that to yeah. their heart. Yeah. She wondered if Jesus, you know, had the scissors and cut you open. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you ever heard that story before or not. I don't know. She I probably, don't remember that story. I don't know That's if she remembers one. it. She probably doesn't remember asking it and, uh, you know. I know we haven't talked about it for a long time if we did, but anyway, that was interesting. And so I thought about it when you were talking to grandpa. (laughs) So where did you go Um, after New Mexico? Oh, where did we go after New Mexico? Oh boy. I have to put my head on. Oh, we went back to (laughs) my thinking cap. Oh, that's when we moved back to Ohio. I say back to because it wasn't my first time living there. It was grandpa's first time. And that's when we went to Memorial Holiness Campground. And uh, actually in New Mexico, your grandpa buyer, uh, we were there uh, three years. And we had hoped to actually stay there till we retired. We just loved it there. And anyway... But Grandpa had almost like he um, a nervous breakdown. He was very close to having a nervous breakdown. And so it was time for us to leave because um, he was carrying a very heavy load. He was the superintendent of the mission and he had to raise money, you know, for the mission and just had a lot of job descriptions. He was pastor of the church and, you know, and we had to go on deputation and raise money and you know, and we started um, an overcomers program for men that needed, you know, recovery. And uh, it was just just a big, big load for grandpa. And uh, but God was faithful. And uh, anyway, so we moved when it was time. And yet um, we loved it there so much. It, it was like we we wanted to stay there the rest of our lives. But God was saying to us, hey, there's a scripture in one of the Psalms about uh, he makes us willing to go. You know, when we don't want to do things, you know, sometimes God has a way of making us willing. And we did not want to move, but God had a way of bringing things together that it was we knew it was his timing then. And so but driving the truck back. Well, the moving van, uh, Grandpa and I, 
drove the moving van back and uh, to Ohio, where we were going to live then. And uh, it was a great reflection as we, you know, talked about it because we wondered, what good did we do anyway? You know, you just, uh, when we were going, when we didn't really want to go, and yet God was saying, it's time. So, but it was a wonderful trip because as we reflected, we began to see God's hand in it, in spite of our inward feelings. And may I tell you this, I may cry, but when we went back to visit the mission two years later, I didn't realize it, but I still was hanging on to the mission in my heart. And I took a walk on the mission grounds. And it was during that walk, God was tugging away at my heart. And I was finally able to say, yes, Lord, you can have the mission. Yes, I give it to you. Like, I still wanted to be there. Yeah. But God's timing was different. And so it's amazing to be able to look back and see and know when God is leading. Yeah. And I've heard Grandpa say some, some, I've heard people ask him occasionally, you know, well, where, where do you call home anywhere? You know, because you move so many places. And I heard Grandpa say, hey, every place we go is home. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how true that is, really. Because you settle into a new community, and it becomes home. Yeah. And God has ways and means of using us. And we don't understand, always understand. Sometimes we may see glimpses of it, but we don't always understand what those ways are. Or how. But God's timing is always right. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) On that one. Some of my uh, earliest memories and the memories I treasure most are from our time together at MHC. You said that's where you you went in Ohio next, right? You said? Yes. From New Mexico, we went to Memorial Holiness Camp. Yep. And then I... Yeah. Okay. And then while there, you know, I had the privilege of working at the Christian Light Bookstore. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and Wilma McCabe, who's gone home to be with the Lord now, um, you know, she was the bookstore manager, and that was such a privilege. And while I was there, then Bishop John Byers came and visited us on the campground there where we lived, and asked me if his secretary was leaving, if I would come and be a secretary. And so I got to have a a new job closer to home. So that was nice. And I enjoyed my other work very much. But uh, to me, it was amazing that the bishop would come and ask me, who, me? (laughs) (laughs) But that was a nice, nice uh, place to work. And it just so happened um, I was working for him when 9-11 happened. And he was in the office that day, and that was very special to know that he was there that day because he was gone a lot. So I just just thought of that while I was saying it. So I had to get that little tidbit in. What was that like for you? Uh, If you want to talk about it, you don't 
talk to person. Uh, you mean about 9-11 or working yeah. for him? Yeah. Um, it was actually, it was the secretary from the Highland, President Christ Church, that uh, called the office to tell us because we were there. We didn't have a clue. Yeah. You know, but yeah. uh, some, and grandpa was working for a furniture company or something in town, Robertson's. And he was uh, driving across the city and had had his uh, radio on, I guess. And he heard it. And so that was quite a shock to everyone, wasn't yeah. it? Wow. Yeah. And But uh, I enjoyed my time working for Bishop Byers. I worked for him for three years or a little over three years and had three different offices in those three years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Why was that? <laughs> They just moved I, I don't know all the background history on it because he rented them and I don't know if building sold or what, you know, and it just, <laughs> it just worked out that way. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, but he was a joy to work for. Did uh, living there make MHC more special or, or more stressful or how was it when actually, when campground came around and you were more, uh, important to the meeting, how did that affect your time? Well, Grandpa actually had the heavy load of it yeah. because he was uh, the sort of like the caretaker, whatever. Um, I forget what. Oh, he was the camp manager. That's what it was. His official title was. But that involved a lot of work, you know, and there were a lot of cabins and especially in the fall. You know, before winter, you had to make sure all the toilets were drained, you know, (laughs) because you didn't want to have some broken toilets from ice freezing. And so, you know, it was uh, a lot of behind the scenes jobs that people don't always think of. And then when every camp meeting, you, you know, that because different churches would rent the camp and come in and some were pretty large groups. And uh, so then you had to walk through when they were going the day they were leaving. They were supposed to have all their cabins as clean as they were when they came. And so grandpa would take one person with them and they go through each cabin to check them, you know, on their day of leaving. And so that was important. And so we we enjoyed living there, though. It was nice. We enjoyed it very much. Do you remember any special times with our family when you were there? Any specific times? I know Uh, it's hard to remember them on the spot, but. Well, it was nice to know your other grandparents had a cabin there, too. And, uh, yeah, we ended up buying one, I guess, too. Yeah, I forgot. And we had that nice little across from uh, Ken Winger. You know, our cabin was almost directly across from his. And yeah. so after church every night, well, you know, a group of us would go there afterwards and, you know, chat together or sing a little bit and have, uh, you know, snacks. And Ken was really good at providing snacks. And sometimes, you know, some of the rest of us would bring some too. And, you know, it was just a, and a lovely time to sing or pray together, whatever. It was a very, very special time. And uh, that made me think of uh, then when we had our camper there after we had left the campground 
we were living in Ontario then, but we went back for camp on different occasions. And we had our, our camper parked over and behind the shop area. And uh, I remember what, we had our dog with us then and she was tied outside. And I remember Ethan walking across the yard and he was quite a distance away yet. And she knew who that was. <laughs> <laughs> and she got so excited. <clears throat> she was so excited to see Ethan coming over to the camper. And that was, that was a very special memory. <laughs> and I hope it was special to Ethan too. <laughs> but uh, it was really special being able to witness that. Yeah. It, yeah. So, and uh, occasionally we were, well, we, we had to be very careful with the dog because, you know, that wasn't part of the rule to take your dog with you, but it worked yeah. best for us. And we kept her inside. I think during camp, we did that with a few other campgrounds and it was workable because we tried to abide, abide as close to the rules as we could. Yeah. Cause it wasn't always to get a easy to get a dog sitter. Yeah. So what happened after you moved off the campground? Mm. Oh, then we went, I have to stop and think, you know, this, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm taking the aura. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which helps the mind and yeah and I have a special <laughs> daughter who sells neora <laughs> anyway we moved to blair's mills in pennsylvania and uh how did that come about um i guess they needed a pastor i don't remember the fine details of it all anyway well, I guess Grandpa was starting to feel he hadn't been actually pastoring for a little while. And he was still feeling the call, you know, to ministry in that way. Even though, you know, we had spent three years in the mission and that's what we had wanted to have some missionary, you know, time that way. And uh, anyway, so. Yeah, so that was that was a short time. Uh, but it worked out well for the situation and it helped them out in a small church at Blair's Mills, Pennsylvania. And it was from there. Let's see, I guess, yeah, we must have moved from there back to Ontario. Yeah. yeah. How did so. that feel moving back home to Canada? Well, um, We enjoyed living in the States and uh, we were there almost 10 years. And um, anyway, uh, but one of our main reasons for moving back was my father was still living at that time. My stepmother, uh, my mom had passed away yeah, before we went to New Mexico, I guess. Yes. And uh, anyway, and dad remarried and uh, my stepmother passed away when we were living there at the campground and dad and mother Lou, um, they lived in Godreach, Ontario. And so um, it was important. He kept wanting us to come back and it was important to be back there because mm -hmm. he was getting up in years. And so, 
that was our main reason for moving back. Anyway, and it was good to be here. And we just moved back in time. Um, let's see. We moved back the end of uh, November in 2004 because Charlie started the church here where we're actually attending now. It's the one he became pastor at. And his he began in December 1, 2004. So we got here the day before. <laughs> and um, anyhow, that all worked out well. And And then actually dad passed away on May 3rd. 2005 on his youngest brother's birthday Mm. so and it was just it was so special to be back in Ontario to go and it was a little drive for me but I got to go up and see dad you know a lot closer than driving from Ohio yeah and so that was very very special and then you moved to that um I don't know the street name or anything, but that house that was right close to downtown Port Rowan. We have a lot of good memories there, walking down to the candy shop or the thrift store there. And yeah, yeah. And that dollar store is gone. You the dollar store and uh, it got sold. And uh, yeah, but I remember you loved the thrift store, didn't you? Yeah. But it's, uh, (laughs) it's open. Yeah, of course. They were closed for a while, though, because of COVID. And they've got things set up there a little different, as most stores do now, you know, for your protection, own protection, and wear a mask everywhere you go. So, uh, yeah, it's still a nice little town. Then after after we, uh, oh, we moved to Wallaceburg after, yeah, after Woven Street. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any memories... Any specific memories of our family being up there in Port Rowan, specifically with mom? Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get to look at these questions. I heard you ask grandpa though, but uh, yeah. Um, let's see. I remember. Your mom and I went over, uh, dad and mother Lou were living in uh, Dresden, yeah. And your mom and I went over, grandpa had had his, uh, was it his gallbladder out or something? In Chatham Hospital, I believe it was. And so your mom and I went over there and I think we probably stayed, stayed there for a couple of days or so. But your mom must have been in the area because she was with me and I think Ethan was, her and Ethan must have been uh, before you were born. Anyway, but I do remember then, that makes me think of when Aunt Bertha, oh, that was when we were living in New Mexico yet, though. Well, go ahead and tell it. If you have a story, go ahead and tell it. Yeah, when we were living in New Mexico yet. um, um, Town was for... Bloomfield was 40 miles away from the mission and Farmington was 50 and it was somebody had sent us some money or something for Christmas. And so grandpa and I decided to go in to town and have uh, Christmas dinner together in town somewhere. I think we went to Farmington. So that was 50 miles one way. Okay. So we had an enjoyable time together and I think it was, 
Christmas Eve, I think, or the night before. I'm, I'm almost positive it was Christmas Eve. Anyway, we got back to the mission, and here we had a message that uh, Aunt Bertha had passed away. Mm. And I was Aunt Bertha's power of attorney when I lived in Ontario. I couldn't be when uh, I lived in the States. So uh, someone else had been appointed to take my place during that span. And I just talked to Aunt Bertha a day or so before, and she knew we were make, making plans to come back to Ontario eventually anyway. And she said, I can hardly wait till you get back. I just can hardly wait. And so <laughs> then about two days later, here I got this phone call that uh, she had passed away. So that meant, oh, I tried to, uh, I called airlines to find out, can I get a ticket? How do I have to go for Aunt Bertha's funeral? I can't stay here. You know, she was always my favorite aunt. If you're allowed to have favorite aunt, she was the one. And anyway, <laughs> and she lived with us for a while at Ford Beach yeah. too. So anyway, so um, I couldn't get a ticket. So I tried to go to bed for a few hours. And uh, so then I got up early and got packed up quickly and got up early and started off. I think I started off about midnight or something. And uh, anyway, on my trip to <laughs> back to Fordwich, oh, I was going to Dayton, Ohio first. So I was going to pick up my daughter and her two special sons, our grandsons. And anyway, you were too young to remember that, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> but it happened. <laughs> anyway, so I ended up, oh, that was some trip. I just normally, you know, I would get sleepy so quickly. But I had my radio on, and there was some good Christian stations around that I could get some good Christian music. And I would be singing away with the songs and, you know, and Christmas carols, whatever. And it was just like I was floating. It was just such an unusual experience. Hmm. It was just like I was floating along, just going along. And I even went through some black ice areas. And it wasn't uh, very nice that way, but the Lord just kept me going. And I ended up picking you guys up, and we went up to Aunt Bertha's funeral. Your mm -hmm. mom and your two boys, you joined me. And so that was a wonderful memory. Wow. I don't know that I've ever heard that story. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's special. Yeah, it was very special. And it was special that your mom and I could go together and you two boys joined us. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we have gotten to the end of our time, but um, let me ask you some of the final questions here. Let's see. Um, is, just, is there anything else you wanted to say about mom? Uh, anything else special you wanted to share? Or say something you want to say to mom as she's listening to this at, at work next year? Okay, listen, um, I wanted to tell you about, okay, when we were back at Ford Beach then, and uh, 
she, um, grade eight was a graduation in a public school. Okay. And so they had a special graduation service at the school. And uh, then the next year, they went off to high school, grade nine. And so anyway, she made her own graduation dress. Wow. And she did a beautiful job. It was really, really nice. It was sort of like a turquoise color, if I remember right. Uh, she'll feel like clobbering me if I've got the wrong color. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what I remember. <laughs> anyway, but she also made her own wedding dress. And she did a beautiful job of that. I was very impressed. Yes, I remember her making it. Was it it. stressful for her? How how did that go? I mean, I I wouldn't even know where to start. A big wedding dress? Like, that seems like such a project. Yeah, it was a beautiful wedding dress. And she did a fantastic job. It seems to me she borrowed the uh, veil or crown or something. But she'll have to ask her for those specific details. But I remember her making that beautiful wedding dress. She did a fantastic job. And she was a beautiful drive. Oh, another thing. I'd like Grandpa to find the picture. Or maybe even your mom has a copy of On the Wedding Day. Okay. One of my favorite pictures is back after the wedding ceremony's over, but people haven't come through yet to congratulate them. Grandpa was sitting back there on a chair or, you know, someplace at the back. And Anita was sitting on his lap hmm. in her gown. Oh, that's precious. <laughs> it was very precious and very special. So I just wanted to stick that in because it was beautiful. And she did such a nice job. Oh, and then she had close friends from uh let's see now no no maybe it was uh Blake Jones's wife Sandy might have played the organ but the Hobbs family that were there at our house when the deer head when Nita hit the deer <laughs> she asked Esther their daughter she came and she sang during the wedding procession And she sang the song, Is That Wedding Music, that I hear. And she was playing that and singing it. She had a keyboard, and she was singing it while Anita walked up the aisle. That was very precious. Yeah. I wanted to share that. I just happened to think of that. Was there anything... That was like sort of a tradition from your wedding that they had in theirs or or something at their wedding that reminded you of your own? I mean, obviously a wedding in general, but anything specific? Oh. Um, I can't think of anything. <laughs> you know, you're focusing on the beauty of your daughter and, yeah. yeah. I, I, I got married. very different. We both got married in Listowel, actually. Grandpa and I got married in the missionary church in Listowel because it had a center aisle. 
And our church at Ford, which didn't have a center aisle when we got married. Oh, how interesting. Okay. So that was kind of our reasoning. And anyhow, Grandpa graduated from the Missionary Bible College in Kitchener. So, so there was a little bit of background there, you know, because of that. Well, Paul and Anita were married in the Mennonite Church in Listowel. And I don't remember what the reasoning was for that. But anyhow, that's the way it worked out. And it was a lovely, lovely wedding. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Grandma. And thank you for being patient for with this old lady. Oh, no, you were great. <laughs> that was lovely. <laughs> The Anita Powelski Podcast is brought to you in part by the following sponsor. Do you like shrimp? We love shrimp. Here's Shelly, the shingin' shrimp. Shrimp, 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 shrimp. Thanks, Shelly. Buy some shrimp at Shrimp That Shrimp. It's the shrimpiest. And now it's time for your favorite game show, I Got a Question, Anita Answer. With your host... Joel Powelski. Hello, I'm your host, Joel Powelski, and this is the segment of the podcast, I Got a Question, Anita Answer. I'm here with my co-host, Ethan. Hello. As well as our VIPs, Paul. Hello. And Shiloh. Hey there. All right, so how this is going to work is we're going to have 10 trivia questions. Each of our... um, Contestants. Contestants, thank you. Each of our contestants is going to write down their answer. They will read out their answer, and then I will read out the correct answer. Many of the question answers are numerical, and whoever gets the closest number wins the point. All right, are we ready? We're ready. ready. All right. So this week, or this month, our era is from 1973 to 1976, and the questions will be about that. Question number one. In 1973, the U.S. population was... Oh, my goodness. Go ahead and raise your hand when you've written down your answer or something like that. Or put your pen down, maybe? Put your pen down when you've written your answer. All right, Ethan, give us your answer. I said 50 million. 50 million. All right, Shiloh? 20 million. Paul? Uh, 150, what? 150 million. <laughs> You're correct, asking me, like, what? The correct answer is 211,908,788. Yeah. I need to post a note of my own so, to keep track of the score. <laughs> Just give us Sorry. a brief interlude here. Paul, Shiloh, Ethan, 1.4 Paul. Alright, the next question is. At the start of 1973, who was the Vice President of the United States? We have three options. A. Oh, gosh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Spiro Agnew. B. Hubert Humphrey. I might have gotten that first name incorrect. It is misspelled here. Or C. Gerald Ford. That was A. Spiro Agnew. B. Humphrey. Did I spell that one wrong? Humphrey. Or C, Gerald Ford. <laughs> All right. 
Paul, what's your answer? Ford. Ford? C. Shiloh, what's your answer? Humphrey, B. Ethan, what's your answer? I said Gerald Ford. You're all wrong! I kind of figured that. Agnew. No. Alright, question number three. In May 1937, a gallon of gas costs. 1937? 1973. That's different. <laughs> Did I say 37? Uh-huh. I think so. Oh, sorry. 1973, just after mom and Okay. Oh. All right. Shiloh, what is your answer? 85 cents. Paul? 16 cents. Ethan? 93 cents. 93. All right. The correct answer is 38.5. So I'm not sure who's closer in that. We'll figure it out later. No, we 30. figure it out now because we need the answer. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Who said what now? I said 16. How much? And you were 22 away? I said 85. 85. Then yeah. Dad, yeah. another point for Dad. Wow. He was the only one of us alive at the point. Oh, All my right. word. <laughs> in 1974, President Nixon signed the Emergency Highway Energy Conservation Act into law. It required states to limit highway speeds to a maximum of blank miles an hour as a condition for continuing to receive Federal Highway Trust trust funds. In 19, I'll repeat the question. In 1974, President Nixon signed the Emergency Highway Energy Conservation, Conservation Act into law. It required states to limit highway speeds to a maximum of blank miles an hour as a condition for continuing to receive Federal Highway Trust funds. Ethan, what is your answer? 60 miles per hour. 60? 60. Shiloh? 55. Paul? 55. 55 it was! Woo! So we have a uh, tie. Should I give you both a point or give you each half a point? Leave us each a point. Give you both a point. Right. 55 saves lives was the slogan. All right. Oh, my. Oh, really? 1974. Uh, one, in 1974, one dozen eggs cost how many cents? How much did a dozen eggs cost in 1974? Paul? 20 cents. Shiloh? 55 cents. Ethan? 8 cents. Shiloh's our winner with 50, 58 cents is the correct Woo-hoo! answer. Wow, good She's job. Just 3 cents off. Alright, question number 6. Which of the following was not a popular holiday gift in 1974? A. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. B. Dungeons and Dragons. C. Stretch Armstrong. D. Magic 8 Ball. E. Spirograph. Or F. Twister. I'll repeat the question. (laughs) Which of the following was not a popular holiday gift in 1974? Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Dungeons and Dragons. Stretch Armstrong. Magic 8 Ball. Spirograph. Or Twister. Should have cut that down, but this is our first game show. We're still getting used to things. All right, Paul, what's your answer? Well, I said, no, I don't have any answer. Oh, oh. Excuse us. <laughs> yes. We can add. All right. Would you like to remove it repeat? Nope, I'm good. Paul? B. Which was? <laughs> that Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. And Dragons. <laughs> Shiloh? Dungeons and Dragons. Ethan? Rock'em Sock'em Robots, eh? Nope. The correct answer is Stretch Armstrong. Oh. oh. See. Mm. All right. We Question were, we number seven. Best, we gave the best answer. Question number seven. Yeah. In 1976, Jimmy Carter was elected the blank U.S. president by defeating incumbent president General Gerald Ford. 
in seven in nineteen seventy six, Jimmy Carter was elected the blank a number, you know the mm-hmm. blank president yeah. of the U.S. by defeating incumbent President Gerald Ford. Shiloh, what's your answer? I don't have an answer yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Let us know when you have an answer. Do you have an answer? Sorry. Um. Put your pens down when you got an answer. Do you need more time? I'm sorry. Apparently. Um. Uh, we gotta find a way to fill the time here. For the well, we can sorry, edit something. Sorry. Or we can add music in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Play. I could play Shallow. some of the piano. Yeah. Wait, what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is it my... Let's we'll just go. We'll just okay, okay, okay. Let's go. Let's go. You got okay. it? Uh, Paul, what's your answer? I said 39. Shiloh? 33. Ethan? 38. 39 is the correct Ooh, answer. Good job, Paul! Alright. Question number eight. In 1976, Q-tips cotton swabs cost 79 cents for a box of... How many? Oh. In 1976, Q-tips cotton swabs cost 90, 79 cents. Did I say 99 cents? 79 cents for a box of how many? Ethan? Or did you answer yet? Mm-hmm. Ethan? 1,000. Shiloh? 200. Paul? 50. The correct answer was 400, giving Shiloh the point. In 1976, question number nine. We have two questions left. In 1976, the cost of a Super Bowl ad was. In 1976, the cost of a Super Bowl ad was. How long? You don't know how long? Nope. Just an ad, standard runtime. Yep. Which is what? I don't know. (laughs) You know, I don't know much about Super Bowls. I don't know much about ads, and I know even less about the Super Bowl of 1976. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Shiloh, what's your answer? $5,000. Paul? $50,000. Ethan? $100,000. The correct answer is $110,000, wow. which gives Good. Ethan... Good job, Ethan. My first point. All right, the last question... This gives Shiloh a chance to tie with Paul. Oh no! The Cod Wars ended. The Cod Wars ended in 1976. Name one or both of the two countries involved. Excuse me. In 1976, the Cod Wars ended. Named one or both of the two countries involved. Paul, what's your answer? Vietnam. That's not it, but Vietnam. Shiloh? USA, friend. Ethan? Cuba. <laughs> no one is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I, mean, I knew that. The I correct know. answer was the United Kingdom and Iceland. Oh, my word. Oh, my, oh word. my gosh. But that still leaves Paul with four points. Wow. So Paul's our winner. Good job, Paul. That was a good baby back then. All right. You can end the recording.